Whichever way you used to play games of football, welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast as we carry on our deep dive into the critically acclaimed Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die. It is an idiot special for episodes three and four with myself, Rory Fallow and Matthew Keelan. Hello. So we have got quite a bit to go off, Matthew, with getting episodes three and four. Um, and we'll start with what is the opening quarter of episode three. All that money to watch that shower of shite. And nothing's really changed, has it, Matthew? Yeah, that's like, you could, like, the club should, that should be the club's motto. <laughs> Instead of, um, what is it again? I don't know, you put us on the spot now. It's a bit of the Latin thing. The Concitio Excellento. Concitio Excellent. Yes. Isn't it? Well, it's, well, it should be. All that money to watch that shower. <laughs> well, the city's motto is nil desperandum, isn't it? Which is really fitting for like, yeah. which means like, basically don't despair. Don't despair. <laughs> yeah. Make that the city's motto as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's tie everything in together and have, that's the sound of Matthew getting, <laughs> Matthew getting bitten by his dog there, which just adding a bit more chaos to our usual podcasts. Um, but that that clip as well is from the Brentford game as well, which we'll get into a little bit more in the episode, which this is kind of the theme of this episode, isn't it? It's the fact that everything is starting to go wrong for Simon Grayson and there is no stopping that train. Oh dear, like it's it's a proper like... The first couple were obviously quite like, oh, it started all right, and this one opens, well, dear me. It, there, there's no, this is when you realise that Simon Grayson is going to be sacked soon. <laughs> yeah, well, more on that in a bit. And it's also like to continue the tragedy, we also get our first glimpse of sad lad Johnny Williams as well, who, you know, in a series two, kind of will get his revenge, oh. but... Doesn't doesn't go well for old Johnny, does it? There's a great point which we'll come on to, which I noticed when I was uh, re-watching it. But he's like, it's just the way he's built as well. Like this, like second coming of Christ, <laughs> Johnny Williams on loan from Crystal Palace. He oh. just looks like a lost child. Johnny Esther, as the Wales fans called him. Well, do they? Yeah, yeah. I oh. really liked him at Wales. Like, because he is, he was quite a good he was player. A, well, he was, wasn't he? He was technically as he showed in the playoff final. To be fair. <laughs> For the eight minutes that he was fit, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, evidently, Coleman really liked him as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, well, again, we'll come on to that. Like Coleman obviously does speak quite highly of him, but one of the first glimpses of Johnny Williams because centered around the fact that we got him, Callum McManaman, and um, Mark. Mark Wilson on deadline day. We also then see Mark Wilson struggling opening opening door, which really set the tone for his Sunderland career, didn't it? Yeah, we should have saw him do that and thought, hmm. He's <laughs> quite, quite fitting, really, because he's quite good at opening doors for centre-forwards to nice. stream past him. Very God, nice. he was terrible, wasn't he? Well, it's like Gareth said when they were, uh, where him, Richard and Chris were doing episodes one and two. He's asked if he's got any fitness problems, and he says, oh, only when I kick the ball. So he can't kick a ball, which is a fundamental thing of being a footballer and he can't open a door which is a fundamental thing of being a human <laughs> just a f- he, like the thing is with him though like I was like oh great like, when we signed yeah, him yeah. I was like oh solid like dear me like just what would we do <laughs> like, like just reeling off his list of problems that he's got like as well like when he oh, only when I kick the ball well only when he kicks the ball and which he didn't do very much to be fair no he did feature quite heavily when he First, I think he was straight in the team because we see the Sheffield United game in this episode where we lost um, 2 2 nil. No, it was 2-1. You know what they didn't show? Rodwell scored. And, oh, of course, yeah. Um, Rodwell scored with like the last kick of the game. Yes. That was his last 
game for us, I think. Yes, yes, totally forgot about that. But like that was that game was early September and he was chucked straight in. And like you said, we thought like good, solid player and similar with McManaman and similar with Williams. One other re- thing that I really liked about um, Johnny Williams's little intro is we see him in the Hilton Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I really like to think that's the same hotel room that Will Grigg occupied. Like that's definitely on the 13th floor, room number 13. <laughs> it's like the doomed hotel room for all Sunderland players, isn't it? Well... Yeah, you don't want to stay there, do you? You no. don't want to go there for a night away. You'll end up divorced. <laughs> Who's going for a night away at the Hilton overlooking the stadium of light anyway? Unless you're going to a man. Unless you're going to, I don't know, you could be travelling for the next game in September and you could, be, you could be thinking, oh, let's go and stay in the famous Hilton <laughs> Hotel next to Will Grigg. Uh, you know how like the, the the Chelsea Hotel in New York is like quite infamous because like that's where Nancy Spungen got yeah. got killed and like a lot of like rock stars like it was a bit of, like a drug den as well maybe and so like people like like tour it and stuff yeah. like that so I wonder if there's like and I think LA's got like another like in Hollywood there's another hotel which had some like weird sort of almost paranormal things happening in it so maybe the Hilton will become one of these as well, where people come to visit the tragedy yeah, of Will like, Grigg and Johnny Williams. Yeah, it could be like a dark tourism hotspot, yeah, couldn't exactly. it? And we yeah. could do the tours of, of these. We could. We've had the, I mean, we've had the idea. I, I mean, arguably, you could argue with the way these Netflix series are panning out and how like <laughs> grim they all end up ending that. Maybe you could just do a grim tour for everything surrounding Sunderland Football Club. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's good this, isn't it? <laughs> it's really good Should idea. keep it under our hats yeah. and then launch it. But this maybe will like get our first audience to get involved. You can show them Martin Baines Nespresso machine, yeah. the thank you cars. Um, I don't know what else. What else? Well, could some show? of the old pink seats will be still <laughs> yeah, kicking about really somewhere, does. won't they? Um, so people will have. If you've got any of them in your garden, that's <laughs> yeah. the way you live, and we'll bring people to visit your house. Um, we'll a, a, a pound per visit. Yeah, but you know, it might be all right. Well, it might be. Depends on how much we're going to charge for. This is probably a conversation for. Yeah, for offer. Um, yeah off air but away from Johnny Williams's hotel room the doomed hotel room we're really starting to see like the sort of haplessness of the club setting in which is really exemplified by a shot that I really enjoyed of Jason Steele chewing on a seat he sat in yeah I noticed that earlier I was like what are you doing you freak well, he sat with the seat in front of him like he sat on this for context he sat on the subs bench and he's obviously on the second row of seating and he's like leaning forward and he's just gently like yeah. gnawing on the seat. Like I know he was bored, but like well, it was a puppy, wasn't he, with a balloon? Yeah. So <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe he is actually a puppy chewing on things. Like Frank's about to chew on your. Song. Yeah, like Matt's dog Frank is is chewing on a very excitable, very much getting involved in the content, the Netflix based content. Um, but defeats just really follow through this episode. We see the defeat against Forrest when Daryl Murphy scored in the last minute, which I just remember being a really... I remember that game actually being where really... The first time, because home crowds, like I sit in the East Stand, which can be a bit more passive anyway, this is when I can really remember Grayson out like setting in. Remember that goal beat going in, a load of people streaming for the exits, and like pure like vitriol in the direction of Grayson I was on holiday <laughs> <laughs> were you screaming to him from where were you on holiday um, Mallorca were you screaming from Mallorca for Grayson nah, uh, yeah I was uh, to getting the whole hotel singing it like to sing Grayson, Grayson out. out flinging sun lounges in the pool 
That's what you do anyway, though, pretty broad. Well, that's it. Um, no, I remember, I, I don't think the streaming thing wasn't a thing then, was it? That was only last season. Only if the opposition club had us, then well? then you could do it. But I don't think, well, no, I don't remember, I don't remember watching it. I remember checking it on probably Skybet. Because yeah. it's like live in it, live scores, and I just remember going to suspended and dangerous attack when I <laughs> first, and I was like, <laughs> "Great, <laughs> well, well, we know how this ends." And of course, I'd be Daryl Murphy, oh, who just like helped Newcastle get promoted like recently, and then the Ipswich defeat was just just so comical. Like you were talking about Jason Steele being with a dog with a balloon. Dear me. He lost the balloon. <laughs> he like left go, you know, when a child like leaves go over the balloon and it like floats away into the sky. That was the whole season. <laughs> stood there longingly looking up at the sky for the balloon. Didn't you do that with like your mother in law's yeah, birthday balloons once? Um fiftieth birthday, yeah. Let go of the uh, of the number five. She was <laughs> zero years old. Was there anything that prompted you to let go of the I balloon? Didn't mean to. It was just like But why why did you though? I didn't mean it. I just like I was past it and just went to Grabbed the string and it missed. I was carrying other things. Oh, so someone gave. Hands. Well, so someone gave you the balloon, so they're kind of at fault. Yeah. So like, this, obviously the the string it was quite slender, but oh, a string. But, yeah. And I went to grab well, it. The tent to be. Aye. Well. <laughs> and I went to grab it and uh, up it went and up another up another. Atmosphere. It might be still going. It might be. Probably isn't. It's gone further than Jason Steele's Sunderland career. Yeah. Um and. That was obviously as well, which isn't... I wish this was in the documentary when Simon Grayson said we had them on the ropes at 4-1, which, again, like, this just setting in this, like... Hap- like I said, it wasn't on the documentary, but at this point, it's all just setting in for Grayson, isn't it? Like, he's trying to come up with any positive he can, but he doesn't have the charisma to, like, carry any of that at all, does he? No, and it becomes clear as well that he has no idea what he's doing, really, because... Yeah. It's it's the first point of when the players are start like the the talking to the players and they're like like the talking to right there and steel and they're both like oh yeah we found out we were playing like yes. an hour before like I expected Jason to be in goal and then because he dropped he dropped steel for right there against Forest and then brought steel back in for the switch game yeah and it was like well. <laughs> You, you, this is when this is when he started to just make changes in the hope that something like one of them happened to mm-hmm. make a difference. And like the the interview with Steele after that after the Ipswich game when he's just like crying basically, oh, like, God, it's really yeah. quite difficult to watch it. He looks broken, doesn't he? Like, you can see it in his eyes. He he does genuinely look like he's been oh, crying. He look, I think as a side, I think he looks like Sam Fender. Yeah, he looks like he could be his older brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's less famous, yeah. less, less, slightly less cool, slightly brother. Less cool, yeah, um, and worse, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's quite, it's quite hard to watch him do that interview because like he doesn't. They're asking him questions, and he's just like, <sighs> don't know, really. Um, it's like almost traumatized, doesn't it? And it is like, it's what the documentary does really well. Like brings the human side out. These players, you know, players like Steel who. You know, me and you have mocked plenty on the pod. Like we did, like a, a, we did an entire podcast dedicated to players of his ilk not very long ago. But it does bring this human side out of them, and that they do want to do really well. But still, doesn't mean it's a little bit funny, though, doesn't it? Really funny. I mean, that that <laughs> the dive at Ipswich for their fifth goal. I don't think it shows it. And he's just like, "What are you doing, Jason?" Well, like Dean, is, is it Dean Henderson, the Sheffield United goalkeeper, who does sarcastic dives when yeah, the ball's gone miles wide? Like, it was almost like one of them, wasn't it? And it was. <laughs> I remember watching it in the pub um, in California, and um, 
I was like, what are you doing? Like, it was, I think I made, did that make it 5-2? That was the last goal, I think, it wasn't was it? It was late on, yeah. And it was just like, like really, like, I just ended up laughing at it because it was like the game had gone. So that was just like, although I did have them on the ropes, as you said. At 4-1. At 4-1. It was like, you're a professional goalkeeper and you've just yeah. done that. Like the ball, like, hilarious. Was, really? There's a lot of good, you're a professional goalkeeper and you, and you did that as we'll come on to very soon. Um, as, as we move on from that, we get a really good bit from um, Stephen, actually, our own Stephen Goldsmith, because as you probably know, wise men say, we do feature quite heavily in the documentary, so I don't think it's too arrogant as well. Me and you actually don't. Um, oh, actually, no, I'm in a little bit, but as we'll come to. There is a shot of you at some point, though, isn't there, in the crowd at a game? Yeah, and there's one of... Um... Our very own Tom Walsh as well. Yes, yes. And so you know, you get your, you get a smattering of wise men say through it. Um, but Stephen really like a really funny bit where Stephen lists the teams we failed to beat at home, and Gareth points out that the clocks have changed twice since then. They so just feel like we need to like highlight that a little bit because it was a very good line. Love, love. Yeah, very, very Gareth in logical, but yet still quite funny so, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summed him, summed Gareth up very well. Some, we have summed him up well. Um, and then it goes on to the fans forum, and like it has the atmosphere of almost of like the Levinson inquiry, doesn't it? It's like really silent. The defendants is like Kevin Ball, Tyus Brown, and I think it's obviously Simon Grayson, Martin Bain, and Duncan Watmore, isn't it? Tyus Brown. <laughs> Let's, like, we're going to have a player on that. Let's have. A 19-year-old lad on loan from Everton. Like, I quite like John O'Shea. And you can see why Duncan Watmore's in there, because yeah. he was, when you look at the time as well, he was come back from injury, was quite, you know, we all thought, oh, Duncan Watmore's going to come back in the squad and do really well. But, like, John O'Shea was, like, the club captain. You've got, like, Catamore. It should be, if you've got, like, Kevin Ball, Simon Grayson, Martin Bain, you know, that's people who are high up in, in the club. You should have one of them, like, fronting up something like this. And not this kid who's just, who's always just going to be passing through. Yeah, like, it was a bit unfair on him, really. Yeah. But you can see he's just sat there like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, and also, it's quite early on um, in the in the season, isn't it? Of, and to get, to get, he's only been here. Like, even if, even if it had been in, like, April, and yeah. he'd, like, and he'd, he'd, you know, he'd played, like, to, to just get a lone E is just ridiculous. You might as well got Brendan Galloway. Well, well, yeah, you might have, because, again, he was just a, player who was passing through and the fans form like again we're seeing this it's, it's very much the theme of the episode of how agitated everyone's getting you know we've just been relegated we were hoping championship was at least going to bring some wins and some you know a bit of like positivity and restore and pride but we're just not seeing it and it's it's almost the panic of the supporters is setting in isn't it and it's manifesting quite rightly in this aggression and a supporter asks Martin Bain, can you guarantee Simon Grayson's going to be in charge? And he basically, Martin Bain just goes, <laughs> nah. Nah. I mean, he wasn't wrong, was he? <laughs> oh no, he's right to do it. It's just like, like even that, like the, the idea of the fans forum things, like, you know, to really sort of try and help set things out and let's, let's like, let's pretend we know what we're doing and like give <laughs> off like a, a public front that we know what we're doing. A bit like Boris Johnson's trying to do now. <laughs> um, and the, um, <laughs> it's just like, it's a shambles at asking him, and he doesn't know what to say. Like, it's just a really weird like environment that it's in as well. It's like there's yeah. a few people there with a few smattering of pints. And, yeah, what pub is it? I couldn't work it out. I, I can't. Because uh, like, the Seton has that like old sort of 
club yeah. style scene, but I don't think it's a club by like other shots of it. It's it's really odd. Yeah, I I don't know actually. It's not. I sh- should have maybe made a point of trying to find out. Yeah, well, it. tweet us in if you're doing all that. Just just out of interest, we can go and visit. We can make it part of that tour. Yeah, that we're going on about yeah, it. The, the, the day like this, Tyus Brown and Saul left his body. <laughs> it's still haunting it somewhere. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's just it sums up the terrible. Um, atmosphere and the panic that was setting in and we do then as the aforementioned we get the first little shot of martin baines nespresso machine oh, yeah. which becomes like a little bit of a theme like because he's got his shirt slightly unbuttoned he's probably wearing his six different watch of the <laughs> i know the lads covered it in like really good detail and like the reviews of episode one and two but he's just he's just so smarmy isn't Such he, a dick, isn't he? <laughs> like he's just like a proper knob like <laughs> I'm like, oh god! Like everything, he's just oblivious, isn't he? Yeah. Like sailing through the whole thing while putting like a front on. Yeah. Trying to like, oh, you know, uh, I've got I've got everybody's best interests at heart. And again, I think we covered it loads of times that his his, his position wasn't an easy one. Like no one, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, no yeah, one. Yeah. And like well, he says at one point, I've got, uh, I can't remember which episode it's in. This is the hardest job in football at the minute, and he's probably right. Yeah, he's not wrong, but like his his remit was to obviously asset strip and make sure like save money basically, mm-hmm. but also try and make sure that it was still competitive. Yeah. You could have just got either of us in <laughs> to just sack people and like you know whatever, like <laughs> remove certain things, sell players, bring it. I could have done that. That wasn't what he was there for. He was there supposedly as someone who's been in the you know like the football industry yeah. f- before, done similar things. He's just crap at it, wasn't he? Like he's just rubbish. He, everything. <laughs> stupid little coffee machine as well. Like, I've got one up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not chief executive of a football club. Right? Yeah. I don't think that's the only qualification. You have to have an espresso machine. A thank oh, you card and own at least six watches to, yeah. to be chief executive. But he does look a bit like you can tell it is sort of all starting to weigh on him. He is starting to look a little bit more haggard. Like he looks like a bit of a dodgy PI, like when it shows him like driving through the streets at night, yeah. doesn't he? Like he's got the like the image of a man who slept on the sofa in his office and is going through a divorce, doesn't he? Like he used to be this like high flying exec, but now his world's like falling apart. Like when Homer's brother, when Homer makes the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm the car, ruined. <laughs> the car is Sunderland Football Club. <laughs> that is true, that is great. But then we get to Brentford as well, which, right. again, it just ramps up how wrong it's going for Simon Grayson. Like, me and you were at that game. We were, like, yeah, stood yeah. near each other um, with Gareth and Tom Walsh, quite a few of the wise men say, squad were there. And the difference in atmosphere at half-time. And again, this is documented really well in the episode, and I totally forgot about this until I watched it back the other day in prep for doing this. The players were in the tunnel ready to come out for the second half. Mm. And the away and roll were like, oh, yeah. when they came out. And it was like, God, we felt we were three. It shows you don't have to do much to get the fans on side here. We were 3-1 up <laughs> away to Brentford. Mm. And it was like we were like 5-0 up against Man City in the FA Cup final. Mm. Like everyone was... The atmosphere at halftime was just incredible, wasn't it? Well, yeah, like it was very much like sign of the times. Like we'd won one game, and we played quite well in that. Well, we played really well in that first half. Like, it could have argu- mm. arguably been oh, like yeah, more. Yeah. 
we, um, like, we only we conceded what fourth minute and then just yeah we, the, the, we reacted brilliantly yeah we it? did like and then I just remember but there were a few people at half time like and I think even even then like with that positive positive atmosphere the atmosphere was incredible but when you were speaking to people as soon as the second half kicked off you were like we we can't lose now <laughs> and it was like. All we need to do is not concede early in forty sixth yeah, minute. Like it was, it was just a stupid free kick, and then like bad attempts at stopping them from scoring. And then you knew, like as soon as that free kick was given, yeah, you knew we weren't going to win the game. And it was like moments we saw. Well, we've seen it various times with Sunderland, but we saw it like quite a bit last season where we were like struggling to see out games. So the players were just subconsciously dropping back, like. Yeah. 10, 20 yards, like well, the fear setting in the away end because you knew what the players were, how they were going to respond and they weren't, we weren't going to go 4-2 up. We were, it was always going to be 3-3 three, three oh, if another goal went in, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like, as well, that that, um, that game, the, the Brentford one was like the season before. Obviously, this is over two games, so you're putting two games here mm-hmm. into the Brentford game was the Palace game when we won 4-0. And then we lost four 0 from Southampton the week after. <laughs> that Brentford game was like a like a trailer for those games, like yes, almost. Yeah, like, yeah. We condensed it all into one. Didn't yeah, we? You think we just outdid ourselves, really? Is it? <laughs> you know, last season when we did this over two, we were just going to do it in the same game this time. <laughs> but at least God, get crap, aren't we? Like, <laughs> like at least with that one, we get like three points in one. Like we get three oh. points. This time we just get one point. One point, yeah. One tainted, rubbish, useless point. <laughs> Terrible point. But one thing that does annoy us about this is that you see Simon shots of uh, Simon Grayson clearly at Hull's well, ground. The, well, that's really annoying. Because they're two very different looking grounds as well. You know, Brentford's and Hull. Yeah, I mean... How eh? How eh? And the way it happened in the Ipswich game as well, it shows you shots of Jason Steele at QBR. Mm. Which is great because he got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that was we covered that. But go back and listen to the oh, banner pod to, if you want to hear more about Jason Steele sending off. On this, it should have been an episode on its own. It should have. Well, the focus, the, the amount of focus on Jason Steele, they could have dedicated. If they're going to dedicate an entire episode to to the Checker Trade Trophy run in the coming series, I think we could have had an episode dedicated. To Jason Steele, or maybe all of the goalkeepers and yeah. their many foibles. Yeah, that would have been just fantastic. A standalone special would have been amazing. Dog's amazing. going Dog. mental again. Mental. Um, he's going mental because he knows that that he's just replicating the fume that came at full time in the Brentford game, which is what our quote that we read out at the start. All that money to watch that shower of shite so is from. But it's like everyone; it shows everyone fuming and. I think one criticism supporters make of the documentary Sun Until I Die is that things are a bit over-exaggerated or maybe not as true as what they were. But that fume at Brentford, if anything, they've toned it down, I would say. Oh, yeah. like I, I remember going on the night we went to one of the pubs after the game mm-hmm. and like people, people were absolutely yeah. fucking raging, like, to be honest. And I remember going out on the night with with Gareth in Richmond and it was like god look what what have we become here mm-hmm. like this is really bad yeah we like and i think if you hadn't realized then that like we literally blown then the chance to to really kick start things yeah. it was you know it was a win away from home and well, it obviously wasn't but it would have been a win give win away from home decent one we played well and it was like god like we can't even sustain this against Brentford who now well, 
Imagine playing them now. God, yeah, <laughs> we'd get absolutely turned over. And it was just, again, the nails were just going into the coffin for Simon Grayson and then we get to what turned out to be the final nail as we met Phil Parkinson's Bolton side. <laughs> yes, our friend, yeah, Phil Parkinson. Our, our best friend, Phil Parkinson, as, as well as loyal listeners and followers of the pod all know, he's, he is our best friend now. <laughs> um, but really funny that like now we're like massively exasperated with Phil Parkinson and he was the one that got <laughs> Simon Grayson his job. <laughs> Great. His terrible Bolton side as well. Like he's really te- like they hadn't. I don't think they'd had a scored a goal away from home or something before that. And they were bottom. Here you go, of, lads. They were the only team worse than us in the league, and it was like, oh well, surely we're going to beat these. And it's just like the when I think I remember that game because we hadn't we hadn't taken the lead at home in a game for like a year. Yeah. I remember us taking the lead, and it lasted about four minutes. Well. We were two one up on fifty. I looked this up actually to get it to get written down. We were two one up on fifty seven minutes. Ten minutes later, we were three two down, and they did like equalise. Like you say, like instantly. Like I think I think it might be even less than four minutes. It's just so funny. Like looking back on that, it's like just pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> like the shots of that game. Like when there's nobody there. It's Halloween <laughs> as well. Like, oh. Well, <laughs> the fact that it was Halloween became quite prominent in the oh, fact that yeah. this obviously led to Grayson sacking. And you see, I know Martin Bain, like, obviously, like, dealt the sack, but he must have been told before the game, if there isn't a win, you're sacking him. Because he is so quick. It shows him, like, getting he into the lift. as well, basically, doesn't he, before he's like, I, well, I think we need three points. Yeah. And it's like, he just storms off, sacks him straight yeah. in the tunnel but like that is literally being sacked in the tunnel of course, isn't it yeah. like um, no one expe- I don't think I think I was on I lived in Newcastle at the time I don't even think I was on the Metro well, yet I wasn't even in the pub I went to the avenue after a game and I wasn't even there <laughs> you don't know the locale of Sunderland the avenue is a 10 minute walk from the state if that because I, I, I don't think Grayson had made it into the dressing room because I, I remember something I'm sure it was John O'Shea yes had said that he came in and he was like giving his team talk and he went, anyway, I've just been sacked. It's been a pleasure working with you yes, all or something. Yeah, and I remember John O'Shea right. standing up and going, we keep getting good men sacked and whatever. And it's just like, God, that's like, be, he was literally sacked and probably home in less time than a half time period. <laughs> <laughs> like that, That's like not too much of an exaggeration. <laughs> get him back to do the halftime draw says go home <laughs> I was going to say get him back to do the halftime draw soon but it's not going to be one of them for a That's while is there well could do that on his own isolation in the ground maybe yeah yeah oh. doing <laughs> like halftime draw psychological <laughs> torture for that's the punishment you get for being the shortest tenure of any well, SFC manager sort of black mirror <laughs> starring Simon Grayson as himself but like you say it was Halloween and then the club announced his sacking and had the Halloween emoji in their Twitter name at the time he had this like really serious terrible time at the club a sombre announcement like never nice to set a manager especially someone who'd only been there five minutes you know seemed like quite a decent bloke bloke, despite not being a very good football manager and then you've got the pumpkin a smiling pumpkin looking at them like Summed up just the state of the club. Didn't <laughs> it's it? like you'd you'd look at that right and normally think, well, things have bottomed out now. Sacking managers with emojis <laughs> in the name and like 
Oh, we like as you as you well know, we've got a long way to go after <laughs> this. So this this is just really kicking off. Yeah, yeah. Some banter. This is like we've just moved into. We've been moving up through the gears, but is... we're not in fifth gear. Oh no, no, you're in. You're moving into third now. <laughs> so the search begins for a new manager, as we'll get to on episode four, which we'll be looking at after this. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are continuing our deep dive into Sunderland Till I Die, the acclaimed Netflix series in absence of any actual football going on and before series two comes out on the 1st of April. But before we look at episode four and who is going to come in to replace Simon Grayson, we do need to remind you that even though there isn't any football going on, you're going to be wanted, you're going to be wanted, oh, can't even get my words out. I'm so excited about the plug. You are going to want to be dressed appropriately for when the football does come back. And Matthew, where can you get kitted out? Um, I tend to go from the terraces for my um, for my clobber. <laughs> your clo- yeah, it is clobber, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely clobber. Um, for my clobber for the match and beyond, and for going to Paris. It is well. It is very. It's very diverse. It's like a, it's not a utility man. That would be like doing it down quite a bit. But you know, it can. Phil, it's it's a it's a Luke or nine. It's still like it's it's good, but it can get through multiple situations. Smart, go nine at the minute. <laughs> Smart, casual. Yes, sums it up perfectly. And we have a discount code as well, so you can get ten percent off your basket. And that discount code is WMS ten. Support so, a local business in this time as well. Well, yeah. yes, as you know, I know we are supposed to be all hunkering down, and there's not much we can do in terms of like going out to pubs and cafes or whatever. But from the terrace is a local business ran by Chris, who is a massive lads fan, and he's been kind enough to give us this discount code. So go to fromtheterraces.co.uk, support a local business. You might not be able to show it off out in public at the minute, but it means you're going to be well kitted out when well, you, you know. Gone and take pictures of your inside with it wearing it well yeah exactly you can get yourself on the gram with it right. can't you exactly this is the perfect if you're not on instagram already this is like a perfect time to like build up a reputation because you just like film yourself doing stupid stuff around the house can't right. you i've got like a soft ball for the dog and i'm gonna practice the soccer am top bins thing by ah. kicking it into his not with the dog in it yeah, yeah i'm yeah. gonna kick not gonna kick footballs at the dog or kick the dog or kick the dog i'm gonna kick soft footballs into the dog's crate Lovely, and you can wear you from the terraces gear when you're doing that, and then film yourself. And if you need to get some more, go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and use the discount code WMS10. You might need to get more. What else have we got to spend our money on at the minute? We can't go to the pub, like we can't go to the match, like we can't go out and spend our money. So we might as well spend it on a lovely local business, like from the terraces. Fromtheterraces.co.uk, WMS10. But. On to episode four. We're nearly at the halfway point of the series now. Oh. And again, this episode starts with another great quote. Showing just nothing's really changed now as we languish in League One of just someone going, absolutely fed up now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so am I. So am I. Still complaining. And we're still complaining about drawing a Bolton at home as well. Oh, like, and the, just nothing's changed, has it, Matthew? I just enjoyed, like, <laughs> the little snippet as well. I know this is to uh, episode four now. Simon Grayson was the shortest serving Southern manager. It doesn't even like have a voice over anything. It's just like some words on just a screen. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's he's getting what he deserves there, and it goes to um. Sturk's Butchers as well near the start uh, of the episode is like became like quite like well known for always doing like themed things around Sunderland Football Club 
And I think a little bit further it comes down to them, but he's like saying, like, I'd be sacking my staff if they were like <laughs> as terrible as this, which is quite apt. Uh, but we'll, we'll come, we'll circle back to them in a bit. Um, and we see, like, Nick Barnes talking about Robbie Stockdale as well, saying this yeah, young, like, this young up and coming coach. It's like, well, Nick, we'll soon beat that out of him, won't we? <laughs> Just like burn him. The man who'd been the mainstay in the disastrous part of the... It's not Robbie Stockdale's fault. I mean, he always, you know, came across reasonably well. And Just get on the did. Steve Cottrell pile, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, you are going straight. You are never managing a football club. Maybe he never wanted to. Maybe he was happy being a coach, but like... Uh, you are never coaching again. <laughs> like, is, he, is he anywhere now? I don't know. I've, I, I don't know. Really? We're at, good at ruining reputations. Grimsby. He's a Grimsby. Let's just say he's a Grimsby. Yeah, that's that's quite fitting. Um, but yeah, he's well and truly on the Steve Cottrell pile now. And like, it's just something like good quotes that, in hindsight, are really funny. Including Johnny Williams is back to full fitness now. So uh, I was like, yeah, but for how long? Yeah, it, it, there's a the moment like before he. I don't know. I think this might be later in this episode actually, when he's like. The Millwall, it's the Millwall game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna come on to that, but like, yeah. there's a there's a bit in there when he when he gets injured, and it like goes dark, as if like the hero <laughs> in a film has died, and it's like it goes in almost like black and white, and like somber music comes over, and he just like slow motion like rolling around, holding his shoulder, and it's like in his shirt as well. He's like got his like shirt as a sling. Johnny Williams is like that. Basically, like that was supposed to be our season over. Yeah. Like it was just the way they did it. It was so funny. <laughs> like as if like his superhero's been shot. Johnny Williams' shoulders come out. He was a good player though as well. Like that's it's why it's understandable why they wanted to follow him from the start. But it's just quite funny now. Though. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really <laughs> funny because he barely played. <laughs> like but Oh bless. Again, seems like a nice guy. As, as, as we oh, get yeah, more no. get more into like the future <laughs> where it's like becomes like really sad yeah. as well. Like but we'll leave that for so I think that might be in we'll let Gareth, Richard and Chris cover that one. And then comes a defeat to Middlesbrough as well, which did you go to that game, the away game? Nah. I actually got it I think I might have I think I went to general sale, didn't it? And I remember yeah. asking my dad if he wanted to go. It's twelve o'clock, <laughs> I remember being twelve o'clock on a Sunday. And uh, crap. We just, I just went to pub and watch this. Like, I went, and like as I mentioned before, I was living in Newcastle at the time, and I was just about to leave the house, and I was like, oh, I'll check what time the Metros are, because obviously mm. planning on like having a drink at the game or whatever. There was no Metros on. Great. So I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to drive through to the... Cause just going to get the buses from the stadium since it was like in the middle. I was like, I'm not, I, I, I don't think it was like, I think it was probably trains that day as well. So that was out. Well, it's Sunday, isn't it? So uh, I don't think you can get there. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think the first train's like half 10. And like, Middlesbrough's <laughs> ground's like four miles from the station. Yeah. And, and so I was like, I'm going to have to drive there. So I can't have a drink. I remember because those games, similar like when you play Newcastle away, it was like the concourse just rammed instantly because everyone gets there at the same time. It was not there. I was starving, like, so I, and like you couldn't get the front, so I couldn't eat. And then we were like 1 0 down after like four minutes after, after we'd still had time for Lewis Graben to miss an absolute sitter. You know what? I remember him missing that, and it was like, how have you, like, that's one of the worst misses yeah. I've ever seen. And then, you know, just go to Middlesbrough. 
When it him, he's just gone to Barcelona. It's he's I noticed that he was mentioned in the commentaries. He, he either sets it up or he scores it, yeah, Martin Braithwaite. Yeah. It's great that, isn't it? <laughs> really funny. Like, Maybe that's what got him the move. I was about to say, I like to think that Adam Matthews kind of only wasn't playing. Billy Jones was playing. <laughs> like him. Love him. Yeah, not enough, not enough of Billy Jones in the documentary, I would say, as a whole. But after the bird defeat comes the light of our favourite Sunderland manager ever. There he is, Christopher Patrick Coleman, OBE. The total opposite of sight. Like, let's not like be too revisionist on Coleman. When he first came in, that was a massive appointment, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, well, the year before, he just took Gareth Bale to the semi-finals of the... Made them sound like they just went for a day trip. <laughs> well, they did, really, didn't they? Um, but, like, he got that Wales team, like, take Gareth Bale out of it in all seriousness, take Gareth Bale away and probably one or two more. Aaron Ramsey. Ramsey. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, yeah. You know, he'd done an incredible job and it was like, he nearly built on it and took them to the World Cup yeah. and he just hadn't quite... But it was like, wow. Because like, I think when they were talking to fans and stuff before they made the appointment, it was like... Who's going to come now, like? Right. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was right, like, because we were expecting probably Robbie Stockdale to get the job. <laughs> well, we all, we all put money on it, well, didn't we? We did, yeah. We all had a little bet on uh, Robbie Stockdale. We got a tip, didn't we? We won't say who gave us the tip, but no, we got a tip. Will we? We got a tip from someone who was like, Robbie Stockdale's getting the job to the end of the season. Get your money on it. I think I, I genuinely think I put a tenner on this because the, the source was like a decent enough source. I think pretty much everyone involved in the pod but yeah. lost money because of this, didn't they? I remember Tom Walsh said he had to go into her booties in Halifax and ask, like, and they had a ring head office to get him odds to me. Like, what if he was working what, in Halifax, what, by the way? He didn't go to Halifax to put the bet on. What an elaborate way to lose five pounds. <laughs> Imagine losing five pounds because of Robbie Stockdale oh. as well. I wish he got it now. <laughs> well, he might I got like 33 to 1 or something as oh, well. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I got like really big odds. Uh, I might as well have got a billion to 1, like, yeah, let's be honest. The, the way it, the way well, it, it, was the way it panned out, indeed. But you were saying like everyone was commenting and saying like who's going to come in. Then once Coleman does come in, it just interviews a load of supporters who were going on about how sexy he is. <laughs> like, there's like especially, a wo- especially the women, like, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, one bloke says, well, I'd rather find the missus in bed with him than the window cleaner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good looking bloke in that, but uh, he came into manager of the football club. Why are you going on about this? Maybe the new. <laughs> yeah, maybe the new, like, he would have been more used to in that. But you see another woman who says, like, and I think other ladies are going to like him as well. It's like, Just not why you appoint a football manager. No, like, that, that sums up, like, everything, really, doesn't yeah. it? Like, oh, well, no one. No one cares what he's like on the pitch because he's. A... It does feed into the charisma that he has, though, and I do. Th- I do oddly think if you're like a good-looking manager, you do oh, get yeah. a little bit more, don't you? Oh. I think like Jack Ross got that. Jack Ross was like quite cool, but mm. compare that to, like Simon Grayson, Phil David Parkinson. Moyes, Phil Parkinson. No, I think Phil Parkinson dresses appropriately for like a man of his like. He suits the jumper and collar yeah. combo very much, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Look, doesn't look cool in a tracksuit, looks bad in a tracksuit. He would actually, he's one of the few tracksuit managers who would look better in a suit, I think. He would, he would if he wore his like jumper and shirt yeah. um, on the touchline. He'd look much better than in that. <laughs> does, does, no, from that. 
No. Navy tracksuit. No, it's it doesn't. tracksuit as well. Whereas, like, Steve Bruce is the opposite. You oh, see Steve yes. Bruce in a suit and it, like, freaks you out, well, it? looks like he's at an event. Yeah. Like, he has, he's been made to wear a suit. Oh, he, father of the bride, isn't he? Just, yeah, like, well, I count Steve Bruce at weddings. Well, like, yes, of course. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, in the summer as well, when Steve Bruce is in a suit, you've never seen a less uncomfortable, a more uncomfortable person. Very red man. Very like, I can't wait to take this tire. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure that you can probably hear a, a dog squeaking a toy. With that's the sound Steve Bruce makes when he takes off his tie. I really hope that's been picked up. <laughs> so moving away from Steve Bruce and back to our well, I was going to say our current manager, our manager at the time, we go back to Stirks Butchers and Chris Coleman's welcomed with a sausage. Uh, Welsh, oh, it's yeah. called Welsh Dragon, and it has chili and leek, which sounds quite nice. It I think. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, did yeah, you have it? It was nice. Yeah, it was oh, good. Yeah, nice. I've had uh, a few of the Sturks <coughs> sausages. Love sausages. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Sausages are great. Um, yeah, it was good. A lot, lot of heat in there. He um, does like a themed like. Does he do a themed sausage for like every manager that we have? Because fucking hell, he must have quite a repertoire of sausages now if he's doing one for every manager that we have, given the amount we go through. Yeah, he did. Um, I think they did one for like events as well. I remember them doing like an Iron Brew one mm. for Jack Ross. I think. Oh, okay. And he tried it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he does quite a lot. But all of them are nice, I think. Well, go on, we've got no partnership with them, but if you fancy some nice sausages, you know, again, support local business. Or Henderson's. Or Henderson's, yeah. You know, very much near to where we're recording now. Um, ah, there you go. Ring an endorsement. Um, but yeah, everyone's like, he's welcome with a sausage. Everyone's going on about how sexy he is. But then comes, arguably, at least the second best moment of the series. Chris Coleman's being introduced to all the staff in Black Cat's <laughs> house. And then a woman approaches him. <laughs> who works in the admin and goes, is that you take part in the Secret Santa? And Chris just swerves it in the best way possible. Just incredible. Like, Have you ever seen a man so excited over a Freddo? No, it's like the, <laughs> like the blatant, like he's just saw anything and thought, oh, you've got these. Oh, oh these are great, these are. Like, again, it speaks to his charisma, though, that he's able to, like, he doesn't like sort of like flinch he doesn't break stride he just goes tell you what I'm interested in yeah. he's having a, a little bit of that chocolate over there like you see like he just like that is something buys himself a bit of time with I'll tell you what I am interested yeah, yeah. in he's thinking shit he's surveying the room there he's yeah. thinking oh, cho- chocolate yeah. great interested in chocolates Freddo's. Freddo's. And then bang in the way he goes you got those like no one's ever like, been this excited Chris mate then we're not going to the price of Freddo's no, because no, you're dull, sure. right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. when there were four pens. Um, <laughs> but it's just Chris, mate, no one's excited about Freddo. <laughs> they're good. Do you like a Freddo? A Taz. Now oh, a Taz. Oh, now you're talking. Now you, now it, I would get that excited over a Taz. Oh, I agree. Oh, lovely then. Great these are. They are just caramel Freddo's essentially, yeah. aren't they? Uh-huh. But, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, I know. I Wish I had one. But it is a bit of a sort of like a sly of hurt ass because unless he didn't make the excellent recovery that he did and get excited about Freddo's, he's going to look like a bit of a dick with his answer, isn't he? Yeah, because no. <laughs> nah, it just walks out. <laughs> Leaves the club. What? <laughs> Saxer. 
like Partridge in Pear Tree Productions. Yeah. Your sack. Like that's what he's being brought in for by Martin Bain. Yeah. Just find little problems with all these people. Because you know, you've got like quite a good public image. Like no one, no one will like mind if you yeah. start sacking people. Like you've got all this like stock. Like he just like finds like petty reasons. You're sacked because <laughs> you asked if I wanted to buy... Chris, uh, Secret Santa <laughs> And you You're always going mmm. <laughs> yeah. And you're always Buying Freddo's You're sacked <laughs> What are all these All these All these expense On Freddo's You're sacked so, But yeah Such a Such a good moment In the series And we just Do just keep getting Gold from Chris Coleman As it goes on and obviously the, we have the Millwall game after where Coleman had been appointed but wasn't manager yet. Stockdale was still in charge. And, you know, we've talked about the goalkeepers <laughs> already, but good God, the goalkeeping in that game. Damn me. Like, theirs as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. All game, four goals. All four goals. Hilarious. Like, we actually played quite well. Like, I wasn't uh, at that game. I had to work that day. So I missed it all. Oh, well, I'm gone. So I'll tell you what uh, happened. We drew two two. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Didn't 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 know that. So just you can check your coupon for that. <laughs> um, it, we played quite well. Like Stockdale had us playing like reasonable football. Like we were doing, all, like yeah. we're playing okay in that game, and we took the lead because of and that guy goalkeeper for them. I, mean, I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, just a man. Um, just a man. Jordan Archer. Oh, well done. Um, and then they got a free kick and Robin well just let the first one go through his legs and then the idea and I think everyone in the ground when they got the second one was like he's gonna do this again because you just the way everything was going we'd won one game we'd taken the lead it, this is going he's gonna do something stu- and sure enough like he let it how did he let that in like in the camera behind the goal, and he like somehow like clatters into the post yeah. as well, trying to save it. And he's you'd almost hear him go, Oh, <laughs> it's like it's what the stadium made, like, really. Oh, it was just like, Oh, you dick! Like, what are you? Do-? Everyone was, I um, people just stood up and like shouting at him, like, What are you? Do-? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, <laughs> useless. <laughs> that, they made that noise, yeah. <laughs> We're getting the dog riled up again. It was like. How have you let the first one was horrendous, bro? Uh, and then to like stand in such a bad position where you dove at it, <coughs> made a decent contact, it and parried it into the. It wasn't n- a very good free kick. It the was second a dreadful one. free kick. Like they were both crap free kicks. The first one went straight at him and it went through his legs. That was just. It's like total. And then like, Adam Matthews scored the worst goal of all time. That is arguably. Worse than Robin Wright is at. Well, not worse, but that like you, you you see what Robin Wright did. You see that happen very rarely. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Massimo Taibbi's the famous one doing that for Man United yeah, against yeah, Southampton. Yeah. You kind of see that now and again. I don't know what Jordan Archer, as you pointed out, <laughs> he was. I hope it was Jordan Archer. Actually, no, I kind of thought it wasn't. Like, <laughs> what was he doing off that? He just yeah. had to catch it. Positioning for the goal, like the angle to show it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Like, why... There's no need for him to, like, move the way he does. And, like... It's... It's a terrible cross as well. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a bad cross. And he's ju- It's in, and it's... That was directly in front of me, like, at the time. And everyone was like... Oh, it was, like, it's an own goal. It was like, no, he's, like... He's so far out of position. Like, that's Adam Matthews' goal. Like, he... 
He's actually Did he get given as an yeah. own goal. I know Adam Matthews oh, got the got goal. A... Yeah, great. Like <laughs> the worst goal of all time. Yeah. Like really shocking goal. Hilarious. Really, really funny. And the game, if anything, encapsulated us that season. I guess it was that goalkeeping. But we actually get to talk about something positive because we go to Burton. Oh, we yeah. go to Burton away. Where we get my voice for a little bit as well, a little a little section there as the players are all doing the handshakes, oh, yeah. which is which is a nice little thing. Um, did you go? I did. I went to that game. Did you not go? Oh no, you've never been to Burton. I've never have you? been. Well, I keep talking up how good it is to you. I might be going this year in July. I was going to say, God knows when. Oh God, that would be great because all like the breweries and the pubs. Oh, oh, very good. Ted. <laughs> oh, don't worry, mind. Live with that Burton in July. I'm just going to go anywhere. Oh yeah. To be fair. You go to Burton and have a decent. You go to like ten great pubs. Oh, I'm sure. Best ever. This do that in in you know if the pubs get like reopened or well you know well, if we're not they <laughs> technically open at the moment at the time of recording at least. Oh, okay. But yeah, let's just go now. But that Burton win as well. It did feel like a big turn of the corner. New manager come in because it was his second game as well, which is kind of mm. makes it look like it was his first game. We had that. Midweek defeat to Villa just before. Oh, I went to that as well. <laughs> you went to that but didn't go to Burton. You went to the midweek game to Villa but didn't go to a weekend game against Burton. Yeah, weird that, wasn't it? Did you stay? Oh, well, your in laws uh, live in the stayed West Midlands. In, stayed in the um, West Midlands. Check trade trophy finals being postponed. <laughs> Oh well, what what a shock! No. <laughs> what a shock! As an aside, but funny because Portsmouth in it. Um, but we get that win against Burton, and one thing that is a bit disappointing is you see James Vaughan's goal, but you don't see when he cupped his ears oh, <laughs> to yeah. the fans because you've scored your second. Was it? Well, it was his second. It goal. was his second goal. Oh yes, the club brilliantly announced, just totally seen him off by saying <laughs> scoring his first goal. For the club, any reply of them going Amazing. second, actually, and then the club said something like, "Well, it's been so long since your first one, we'd forgotten about it." It was like <laughs> that's the best thing ever. I can imagine that he's a bell end. He was is, like uh, always prone to replying yeah. to people on Twitter as well, wasn't he? Like he obviously, well, as that celebration showed, had a massive ego oh, too, yeah. an unjustified ego yeah, as well like, for a fucking terrible footballer. Shocking football, like. Argu- he well, we were saying when we did the banter pod, arguably the worst striker to yeah. ever play for us. Yeah. Rubbish and a dick as well. Like. All of our strikers we've had in League One, and I would include Will Gregg, Mark McNulty, are better than James Vaughan. Wyke, oh Wyke, Wyke, he's like Wyke's yeah. done some like you know had some all right runs in the team. Vaughan never had a half decent run. Never even had a half decent run in the team. No, just crap. Terrible. Absolutely, just awful. And also that goal. Like, oh, it was effectively a tapping. Yeah. John O'Shea, it was a O'Shea. Oh, no, it was a catamole who flicks it on at the near post. I remember. They did the heavy lifting of that goal with the flick. Yeah, yeah. and then he nods it in. Yeah, just awful. But we do get to see, as you mentioned at the start of the pod, our own Tom Walsh celebrating, which is which is nice to see. It's oh, always right. nice to see Tom being happy. Um, but it, it shows as well, like what I was saying to you, when we were like 3-1 up at half-time against Burton, how it doesn't take... Uh, Brentford, sorry how it doesn't take much to lift the pe- not just the supporters, but the people around the club. Because it goes to the staff at the academy who were all saying, it feels like we've just beaten Barcelona. And he's yeah. like, he was like, oh, I could, one of them's like, oh, I could run through fire now. And it like, you know, it shows like, you know, if you've seen the staff like that, who are so buzzing and they're like, oh, I'll, I'll work tonight as well. Like yeah, yeah. they're all like joking about it, but you can, 
it's infectious that isn't it like when the club are doing well and i know there's a big theme throughout the documentary of well the main theme of the documentary about how this is like the religion of the city it shows that with the church sort of opening you know when the club's doing well it's infectious around the place isn't it and everyone's buzzing that's a really good microcosm of that isn't it yeah like it's it's mental, really. Like it'd be Burton. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's just Burton. <laughs> I remember like the like the goal was in like the eighty second minute or yeah. something as well, and there's like the famous Coleman celebrate, which isn't really shown that much again. Like no, because he did like it doesn't really show him coming on. It shows him walking off, but it doesn't really show him like. He kind of really came over the away end, didn't he? And was like sort of, probably yeah. like giving it some, and that away end was. Like, because it was like, it's, ter- it's a terrace as well. So yeah. when the goals went in, it was, and it's shown quite well in the documentary. Like, it was like limbs. It was like proper yeah. like scenes. And then like after the game, it then like it was a proper, obviously small following given how small the ground is. But it was a proper roar when Coleman was like giving us some. Uh, and you yeah. did feel exactly what the lads who were working in the academy like felt. Like you felt like, yeah. here we go. Like, you know... Might not get promoted, it might be too late, but we're going to be all right now. We're going to start, like, getting some momentum. We've got this, like, manager who, like, gets it. And, like, cause that's what it was with Coleman, wasn't it? Like, well, totally. He, he totally bought into the football club, yeah. didn't he? And, he, like, and, like, for all his faults, like, I don't know, tactically manager, like, he really did. Like, he really did want the best for the football club. And that was evident from the moment, obviously, he walked in the door when he was on a boat. Um... We didn't see Sunderland at the bottom of the championship. Yeah. We didn't see relegated Sunderland. We saw Sunderland and it was like... Like, he did obviously care in that celebration against Burton. Like, encapsulated it and then just obviously... Well, it was probably yeah. as good as it got, really. Well, yeah, that was probably the high point. And after that shows, there's the emphasis on how, like, Coleman's going to look to the academy, given, like, how thin the squad is. And you see that, like, really sweet moment of, like, Asora and Manja, like, uh, yeah. playing, like, basketball together. And oh, it's, a, it's a bit sad to look at now, like, Madja and just be like, oh, what? You know, I know it was, like, good with Madja for a bit, but, oh, could have been... You could, like, oh, it could have been so much more, couldn't no, it? Oh, like... Well, we, well, I don't want to go into this, but he, we wouldn't be in this league if he was still here. Yeah. So, it is so to an extent, you know. Like, yeah, we do think forget what, like what how could have been with with he was he like of the two of them, he was more effective that season. Absolutely, um, he was brilliant, really. I remember it's, his goal at um, well, another actual positive moment we had when we beat Hull at home yeah. played like a lot of young players like, I remember Ethan Robson having a good game he yeah. scored like a really good team really goal, goal which he did like quite a smart finish yeah. for and it was like and he played um, he had like quite a few good games towards the end of the he season did. actually like Middlesbrough. yeah Middlesbrough game he was really scored scored in that game yeah, didn't he yeah he scored yeah um, I think he got well he finished with three didn't he he got the one against Fulham as well in the last well Bristol City in the comeback he was quite he was, big in that he put the ball across yeah. which was the own goal and like he just you know he was, he was something really different quite, and really quick really quick yeah like um, probably actually probably the fastest player I've, I've seen he was rapid yeah what more at first as well when he got when we got relegated <laughs> but it's like it's a shame to see actually I'm, we're getting like on off a bit of a tangent but you know he's a player who had like quite a bit about him it's a shame that he you know he went to Swansea he was in the side yeah. uh, he's gone out on loan to Grongen now hasn't he it's just not really like happening for him I don't think I, I don't think Swansea helped really like it was a bad move for him like it wasn't like 
because he'd been playing every week for us, mm. we were crap. Like we were bottom of the league and we were desperate. Swansea didn't need to do that. Like yeah, they'd bought him obviously and thought, ah, oh, like he's a regular. Like to play him, to expect him to play every week in the championship was a big ask for us. Yeah, hence why he finished the season with twenty nine games and three goals. <laughs> like he, and then for, for Swansea to do that was a bit like, well, you're expecting quite a lot of him, really. Mm. Like he's what he was eighteen. He's younger than Madger. Yeah, they were both well. Madger like turn. He says Madger actually, um, as we'll get onto in a second, a, a, about the fact that he's he actually no. He said he says in that bit like I'm nineteen in I'm nineteen next week or uh, something in that bit. It's shown of them in the academy, and it's like Nick Barnes is like talking about them like quite in depth and about yeah. how inseparable they are. And it's yeah. it's really nice. Like it's it is really know. nice. Nick Barnes, who's like dressed almost like aggressively in green as well in, yeah. in, in that bit. It's like really, like he's like Kermit the Barnes or something like that. I really enjoyed it. You know, a man who like obviously has some quite interesting sartorial choices as well. It's like yeah. nice to see that like throughout the documentary he's like getting this in in a good way, by the way. Like, oh, you know, I love, I, I love the the brand of Barnes. Yeah, it's great. Um Barnes brand. Bar- Bar- Barnes brand. BBC Barnes brand. Oh, great. There we go. Little not quite tongue twister. Yeah. Um, Lovely mention of Barnes. Yeah, Barnes, the Barnes, um, Alan Barnes oh, as well. Barnes. Yeah, <laughs> we're a big, big fan of all things. I was going to say big fan of all things Barnes, but I'm trying is to think. Is there a John Barnes? John Barnes, yeah, John Barnes. Um, Ashley Barnes, Ashley who plays Barnes, yeah. for Burnley. Fine, isn't he? Fine, yeah. I did fact about him when he played for Austria under 19. Yes, yes. I love that. Is there any other... I'm trying to think of like... Bad people Barn, with Barn the sun. Bridge. In London's all right. Barnes the place. Barnes is fine. I mentioned the Barnes. Yeah. No, no it's Barnes called. in London. Oh, in London, yeah. right? Oh, I was on about the ones in Sunderland. No, well, the Barnes fine. It's got goals. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Is there any bad people who have the sun? Like explicitly bad people who uh, we should think so. be thinking of. I don't know. Um, but right. Well, Alan. <laughs> no, Alan Barnes is great. Um, you know, like, you know, I went I'm through sorry. a bad time yeah, and we got, like, you know, everyone, like, clubbed nice, together to get nice money donated. Raised, raised money for Alan Barnes. It, like, it was a nice community thing. Exactly, which we're going through at the minute. It fades into the theme of, like, what life is like right now. You know, it's probably a mag, Alan Barnes. Like, oh, I hate him now. Well, there you go. There you go. He's, he's a bad one. Did a complete U-turn on Alan Barnes. That's what you expect. For, however, we're all quarantined. We're all going mad at the minute from cabin fever. You can forgive us for going on a tangent talking about our favourite Barnes's. Barnes eye. <laughs> really, I've really lost it now. But we do get... Actually... Barnes eye, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love Barnes eye. Um, actually, this episode's quite good for talking about positive things. We've, we've done quite well getting this one because... We get Leanne, the player liaison officer, who's obviously quite prominent in the documentary, who sat with Jack Rodwell before the Fulham game, oh, yeah. who just could not look any less interested, or he would rather be in the arcades at the Metro yeah. Centre, wouldn't he, yeah. like, than be in there. Yeah, like, you were, he's not even facing the title, like, nah. What a, like, she's like, oh, hope we get three points today, and he's just barely looking up from his phone. No, really, he's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, Yeah, just, ugh. Doesn't look arsed at all. Awful, man. But that Fulham game as well, like we talk about turning, excuse me, turning points and feeling like, you know, the club was on the up again. We bring, and again, it's really well done in the documentary, the fact that the show, Madra and Asoro here, and then 
you forget how I totally forgot the fact that there was like a double substitution yeah. for them and how much it changed the game as well. They didn't like taking grabbing and um, <coughs> what's his first Vaughn. Yeah, wish he was called Barnes. We could have slagged him off. <laughs> um, it was a big call though yeah, from well, Coleman, yeah, wasn't it? Like grabbing and that obviously scored or well, was top scorer by miles and yeah. to take him off and bring two kid like totally unproven kids on. Like a, yeah, like Asora had featured. A little bit under Moyes, hadn't he? Flashes and he, he played. He came on in that Burton game because he put the cross in for Honeyman. Yeah. Um, I feel like did Asoro feature when, you know, when he got beat off Middlesbrough at home under Moyes. For some reason, I've got a memory of him coming on in Asoro that game. Asoro started the game against Shrewsbury in the Cup. Ah, uh, okay. Um, when Yana's eyes. Yeah. Christ, God. <laughs> wow. Yana's eyes scored. And then just we've never seen again, really. Madger. Featured briefly against QPR in the cup the same season. Yes. Um, yes, I do. And that. then I don't know anymore. But yeah, they were they were really untested. And like you know, Graben had been doing the business. Vaughan was still a fairly senior player who we signed. You know, we'd actually paid money to sign. That was a big call from Coleman. He put faith in these two. You know, kids. And totally changed the game. Yeah. And Fulham at the time hadn't Fulham like not won. We hadn't won at home, obviously, for a year. And I don't think Fulham had won away for ages. So it was a proper uh, like something's got to give game. And it wasn't really going anywhere. It was a bit of a stalemate. These two kids came on and changed it. And it's exemplified to the finish from Madger. It shows exactly what we would see through the first half of the next season, doesn't it? It's just so for a player of his age, it was just classy like beyond his years wasn't it ah it was brilliant it was a great ball to him by Adam Matthews actually yes, yeah. um, he was good at that wasn't he sort of like yeah. getting inside I really liked Adam I really like vehemently defend Adam Matthews more <laughs> um, defending than he did <laughs> oh yeah um, yeah he was alright it was a good ball it was, but like he took it and held the defender off and just put it in the bottom corner it was just brilliant and then it was like, well, come on then, do that every week. And then he did, but the season after. <laughs> was like he didn't do it every week, really. He did it every week. He did it eventually. Yeah, he did it one week. <laughs> but like, That was his only goal that season. Oh, it was it? Yeah. Oh, great. Even better. But, you know, yeah, he, he, you know, he, he was good. He was good under, under Jack Ross as well. He was... I just don't think he cared very much out of Matthews, didn't he? He was, had that mould of, oh, this is just my job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, just sort of going to work and then yeah. going home. Bit of a Tinder fiend as well, apparently, so that's quite funny. So quite quite like him for that. I don't know if that's true. If there's any liable, I've just made that up. It's a joke. Um, but again, that win, like, lifted us so much. And I do remember being like, this was the first time we won at home in a while. And again, it shows that you don't really have to do much to get the supporters no. on side, but I was buzzing after well, that win. Like Went to town after that, I think. <laughs> Town, I mean Fulham at home, one nil. <laughs> I really like a Fulham team actually, who that was their last defeat of the season. Oh, of course, yeah. They were like went on to be br- like they got promoted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insane. Funny that, isn't it? It's like a wait. Okay, like lads, come on, we're, we're losing the Sunderland here. Like we've we've got we've got to sort ourselves That's out. It. Like I don't, I genuinely don't think <laughs> I don't think they lost again. No, they did have like a ridiculous run, which was nuts because they did definitely have some terrible away record. I'm, I've definitely not made that up. No, no, I, the, I, 
I don't know, but it, it rings a bell with Fulham. They're strange, aren't they? They are strange. Do like them, though. And obviously, Chris Coleman and Kit Simons, lovely. Fulham Fulham legends as well. Lovely, 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 lovely away game. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll get to go there one day when, when everything's died down and when and then when we're in the same division. Um, but again, you see like the how buzzing like, the staff are as well after that. Oh, and yeah. like how uplifting that episode is breaks me heart a little bit because... I guess if you're watching that, you know, if you're like your American audience who has no idea, not just about Sunderland, but like about football in general, you may be watching that and unless you've like read ahead, maybe if you're like wanting to keep it spoiler free, so to speak, you're probably like, oh, great, like, it's going to start turning around now. Like it's the story to be like, you know, the Fullwell 73 guys do such a good job yeah. with, with threading the story yeah. through because you are totally like, even watching it, you're a bit like, I think Richard said this on um, when the covered episode episodes one and two about how oh maybe we're gonna get out of it and it does totally make you feel that doesn't it I think like it's you're watching thinking oh, I might not go down <laughs> even I watched like I know we're not doing that episode but I was watching one later in the season it's like oh come on just hang on <laughs> yeah. oh and then being really disappointed yeah. when we conceders oh you storming off like <laughs> well there's plenty more of that to come in episodes five and six storming off <laughs> yeah, oh, oh man conceded again oh no oh, the dog. we've angered well not angered the dog we've wound up the dog uh, but me and Matt will be back for episodes seven and eight but you've got before that more excellent work from Richard Gareth and Chris to come as they cover episodes five and six and then me and Matt like I say will be back to take you through the last two episodes and then probably by the time that's released we'll be looking forward to season two coming out mm-hmm. um, and we're going to try and keep podcasts coming me and Matt live just around the corner from each other so it's quite easy we can kind of self-isolate and still get together to do pods yeah, can't we fine. Yeah, yeah, we spend enough time together like fine. if we've, we've probably had coronavirus already fine. and recovered yeah, like, fine. yeah absolutely fine so if you've got any ideas that you, we've you know brainstormed a couple that we're keeping under wraps, so if you've got any ideas of things that you want to cover, if you want to ask us any life advice wanna, or something. Yeah, if you want to do always do a Q and A, um, like not in an arrogant way, but just in a we've got nothing to do sort yeah, of way. I'm gonna be quite bored, so and so are you, person listening to this, you're gonna be bored as well. Yeah, so you might be sit, thinking that's a stupid idea now, but give it two more weeks. I might be sitting there listening, thinking I'm not gonna be that bored. Well, true. And the answer to that is, you are wrong. <laughs> we'll be bored. And we'll make you less bored. We'll make you less Frank, bored. Well, Even, we'll be here as well. Yeah, Frank's... Frank, the, the, yeah, the, the picture of the dog. I'll definitely have to go it. with the I'll pod. I'll take the picture. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very inside joke to the fact that Matt's camera doesn't work. It's not going to be able to get it fixed either, am <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not that you take pictures of you stuck in the house all day. But if you if you've got any ideas, if you've got any ideas for podcasts, do feel free to tweet them to us at Wise Men Say Pod or at myself at Rory Fallow or at Matt M underscore Keelan. That's correct, isn't it? Correct. So yeah, we're we're looking. You know, the content never stops. We're even probably going to go for a kickabout in the park tomorrow, and we might document that in some way. Because. Yeah, react to us. So if you, you know, we're gonna go to Roker Park tomorrow for a game of football. If anyone wants to come, we'll if we get we'll we'll tweet the time. And if you want to come in, a... we won't say it now. Oh, actually, this podcast might not have gone out by then. Oh, but well, we'll arrange another kickabout in Roker Park. 
So Great idea. If anyone wants to come and have a kickabout genuinely in Roker Park, yeah. tweet us and we'll all arrange the time to go and have a kickabout in Roker Park. Lovely idea. Community, but only if you don't show if any don't, symptoms. And if, if you've got coronavirus, you cannot come, right? <laughs> we'll, be te- we'll be testing everyone right. before they come in. You're a bit warm. <laughs> and you've got a bit of a cough. And then you're not gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Gareth don't know how we got onto this but do tweet any ideas if you want to come for a kick about with us you can um, Gareth Richard and Chris will be back to look at episodes 5 and 6 thanks for listening <laughs>